so glad you could join us for mornings at YCVC today. We want to thank you for being a part of our online family and we hope that this message encourages you, blesses you and helps you grow in your walk with him. So let's get into the word. Hey guys, good to be back. Back without a mask. Bless you. I was just, just doing worship and I was a Tony, Dependers. It's amazing. It seasons. Is that your word, isn't it? New seasons. But you know, no matter what season we're in, and no matter what season you're in today, whether you're on the top of a mountain when you walked in here, or you're in a, a real dark, deep valley, there's one thing that remains. The kingdom of God. Jesus. Constant. So no matter what you're going through in change as a church, and I know you're heading for change, and that's exciting. We can go, oh, change is painful. I don't like change. My wife's like that. Pam, Pam doesn't like change, do you love? She likes things just to be. But, you know, sometimes when the change comes... We've just got to keep our eyes on Jesus and know that Jesus has the best plan. God is good all the time. Don Moen saying that, isn't he? God is good all the time and all the time God is good. And if we know that in our hearts 100%, if that gets cemented, then, then everything else just falls into place. That we know that God has the amazing plan because it's actually God's plan to advance his kingdom. And I want to share a little bit about that. That's been on my heart for a, a long time. Since COVID started, I... God gave me that Matthew 6.33 and I'm going to share a little bit about that. So you might want to stick your finger in those two places, Romans 14 and Matthew. And we will get there, I promise you. But you know me. For those of you who know me, we'll get there eventually. But this thing about seasons, I really, as we were worshipping, I just felt the Lord say to me, to say to you, church, it's okay. Church, it is good. It is good because I am good. And I just want you to know that. That's not me speaking. I believe the Lord wants you to know this morning for anybody who's going, oh no, here we go again. God has it. He's got the plan. Do not dismay. Just keep your eyes on him. And you know, this is an amazing torch in the darkness. Now, people were saying to me this year, in fact, Pam and I yesterday got to, to hang out with the church in Gungal and we, we talked about mental health and have God's plan for people's minds. But during that was like, you know, What's your strategy? What's your plan? It's in here. I don't have a strategy for the next two years, so please don't come and ask me what it is. I haven't got one. God has just said, just seek first the kingdom of God and everything will be added. And as we were walking, after we'd done this seminar yesterday, we were walking across for some lunch. And it's, uh, they're a Filipino church and they're really good friends of ours in the kingdom. And you know, Filipinos like to eat. I like to eat. Sometimes too much, but anyway. And, and so we walked, they have a cafe in, in Gungalan, and uh, it's, it's called Sundays. And they meet on a Saturday, but they call it Sundays. Sundays in Canberra. So if you're ever in Canberra and you want to go and hang out with, you know, and they even play Christian music, and people love it. It's amazing. You know, worship is going out over their thing while, while people are eating their food, and they're unashamedly. But we sat there, and we, we were sharing, and as we were sharing, we came to sit down. And there on each seat and on the tables were these leaflets about the kingdom of Islam. And people are going, oh no, the shock, horror, because the, the Muslim church were hanging out these things. The Muslims were gathering and they were handing these things out. Everybody's seeking for something. Everybody is seeking something. Every one of us. And you know, for years I sought things that didn't give me peace, that didn't give me joy, that didn't give me righteousness in the Holy Ghost. We're all seeking something. So I didn't see those leaflets as the enemy's leaflets. In fact, one of our precious friends picked them up and said, I'm going to research these. So I know how to love those guys and talk to them on the street. 
You know, we, we keep seeing people outside the church sometimes as enemies. And you, we're all on a journey. We're all seeking, and we're all actually really seeking the kingdom of God. Some people just don't know it. I didn't know it for 36 years. Seek first the kingdom of God. So I just want to talk a little bit about that today. But there's a cost to that. There's a cost to seeking the kingdom of God. You know, when we came to Australia, 23 years in August it is, we arrived here for six months. Everybody knows we've extended our visas. No, we're permanent, we're citizens. We're citizens, but we're actually citizens of the kingdom. But when we did that, there was a cost to that. There was a cost that we're not going to talk about today. There was a cost spiritually, emotionally for our family. We had to leave everything that was there and say, God, we're going to do this. And we knew. We knew in our hearts. We hadn't got a clue. I'd only been saved two years. I was like, I hadn't got a clue what was going to happen, but we knew that God had said, go. Go to that place. Go there. Make your, you know, settle down. After a year, he told us it was long term. But there's a cost, and I'm not going to preach on this today, but in Luke 9, 57 to 62, Jesus has been preaching. He's been, there's been miracles happening, and there's all sorts of stuff going down. And then this guy comes running up and says, Jesus, I'll follow you anywhere. I've heard that a few times over the last 23 years. We'll walk with you with Jesus. We'll go anywhere with you. And Jesus just turns to this guy and goes, I love that, man. That's great commitment. But you know, the Son of Man has nowhere to lay his head. Foxes have holes in the ground. I've got nowhere. What he was saying is, hey, this is going to cost you. This is going to cost you. You follow me? You seek the first, the kingdom? It's going to cost you. You know, that, it's, it's amazing. And then he turns to another volunteer. And he says, follow me. And this guy says, yeah. He says, God, I'll follow you. Jesus, I'll follow you. But first, let me go and bury my dad. And you know, there's a hidden agenda behind that. He's going first. You know, there's personal comfort there. My dad's just died. I'm going to get a big inheritance. I'll follow you when I've spent that. Sometimes we have to give up our inheritance. We have to give up our comforts. And uh, Pam and I went from a beautiful four-bedroom house in the UK to a three rooms in Youth with a Mission out in uh, the Federal Highway there. And if any of you have been there, <laughs> it's, uh, it's different. You know, we were living in these rooms. And then we went to the Philippines and we went from three rooms to to boys this way and girls that way. And I, hang on, I'm married. Excuse me, why are you sending me that? I'm married. This is, this is the cost of following God. And then we got, and we ended up spending the rest of the time in one room as a family of five of us living in this room. But there was a cost. And then the, Jesus turns to another guy and he says, come on, come on, follow me. And he says, let me go and say goodbye to my family. And you know, there's a commitment there. There's a commitment there about our personal security our personal relationships. What's going to happen? And they were questions. They were real questions we had 23 years ago when we arrived here. What is this seeking first, the kingdom of God? But you know what? Jesus is jealous. He wants all of us. He wants all of your heart. He doesn't want 95% of your heart. He says, seek first the kingdom of God. I want all of you. And he's not coming back for, and I've got bad news for you, he's not coming back for Yas Valley Baptist Church. Not just. He's coming back for his church. All of us, with the kingdom. He's coming back for one church, a pure stainless brow. And he says this, you know, God is jealous. And Jesus said this, he said, You should love your God with all your heart, actually, no, and all your soul and all your mind and all your strength. And in Revelation 2, he, he said, I have one thing against you, church of Ephesus. You forgot your first love. I really, God has been speaking to me about it. seek first. So the kingdom of God is on 
is on God's heart. You know, it's his kingdom and it's on Jesus' heart too. Matthew 4.17 says, repent for the kingdom of heaven. He was respecting the Jews. It could have been the kingdom of God. The kingdom of heaven is a hand. It's already come. And I love it in the Passion Translation. It says this. It says, from that time on, Jesus began to proclaim his message with the words, keep turning away from your sin and come back to God for the kingdom realm is now accessible. The kingdom realm is now accessible. And he was talking about repentance. And you know, repentance, this this thing about repentance, it means more than just weeping at a a front of a church or an altar. It really does. You know, I've seen people come and they weep, but there's no change. There's no change in life. And Jesus is saying, repent, for the kingdom of God is here. You know, and if we don't change, we could miss it. We could live hand in hand with the kingdom of God operating. We've been in meetings where the kingdom of God has been coming, the presence of Jesus has been coming. And yet people missed it because their hearts weren't changed. God wants 100% of your heart. You know, Faith comes from the heart. The heart is all about faith. Revelation knowledge works alongside that. You know, Hebrews 11 says this, By faith we understand. You see, faith precedes understanding. So when we're trying to understand the kingdom of God, it takes faith. Sometimes I don't get it, and that's okay. It just precedes it. You know, we really need to seek first. So let's turn to Matthew 6.33. Let's get to the meat of this stuff, hey? In the time we've got left, let's get to the meat of it. So Matthew 6.33, and I'm going to read it from the Passion Translation. So above all, above all, constantly seek after God's kingdom and his righteousness and then all the less important things will be given to you abundantly. And the Amplified says this, but first and most importantly, seek, aim at, strive after his kingdom and his righteousness. His way of doing and being right right in our attitude, right with the character of God, and all these things will be given to you. Seek first the kingdom, and everything will be added on. And over 23 years, I think God has really started to move us constantly towards that thing. Seek after me. Don't worry about what's happening around you. You know, we run a very small gathering. It's not really a church. It's not a church, because God never told us to plant a church. We just have a small group of people and we pray. And we pray for you guys. We pray for the local churches. We just come together to pray on a Sunday afternoon and hang out. And we've had people come along and say, what are you doing to build this gathering? So, well, I'm actually seeking first the kingdom of God. That's why we get to go to other places. That's, that's what God has called Pam and I to do. Sick after the first, after kingdom of God. So when we, we start to seek these things, you know, often when we seek first the kingdom of God, We start to see the kingdom of God come. Then we start to see some of the things come and we start to seek after the things. And you know what? Woohoo! We lose both. If we seek after the things, we lose both. We lose the kingdom. What is the kingdom? It's the kingdom. It's the king's domain. It's it's the heavenly domain. It's the rule and reign of our, our Lord Jesus. It's the king's domain. We need to seek after that. 2 Corinthians 3.17 says this. Now the Lord is spirit, and where the spirit of the Lord is, there is liberty, emancipation from bondage, true freedom. 
You know, I said before, I've been in meetings, Pam and I have been in meetings where people, the presence of God has descended and people still walk out unchanged. They do not get transformed. That was your word last year, transformed. Transformation comes from the heart. It comes from just allowing God's spirit. But in, in the passion, again, I'll come back to that, 2 Corinthians 3.17. Now, the, the Lord I'm referring to is the Holy Spirit. Wherever the Holy Spirit is Lord, there is freedom. Wherever the Spirit demonstrates its Lordship, where the Spirit of God demonstrates its Lordship, when Jesus is Lord over every part of your life, then there is liberty, there is freedom. You see, where, where God is not Lord of all, he's not Lord at all. So freedom is not about doing what we want, it's about doing what God said, and that's what it says in that scripture. Seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things will be added onto you. So let's turn to, to Romans 4, 14, 17. Seeking first the kingdom of God. You know, living the life that God designed for us. God designed a different life for Keith and Pam than he did for all of you. And we are living the life that God has designed for us. When I first came to Australia, we used to have a guy called Tom Hallis. He's the international leader of YWAM. And he's based there and I go, wow, Tom's speaking. I wish I could speak like Tom. I wish I could do the stuff Tom did. But you know, God never designed me to do the things. It's good to respect what Tom did. And I love Tom these days. I loved him then. But I don't want to be Tom because God created me to be Keith. And God created you to be you. And when we seek after the kingdom of God first, God shows you exactly your identity. And it's out of your identity that you live the kingdom life. So let's turn to Romans 14, 17. I'll read it out the Amplified. For the kingdom of God is not a matter of eating and drinking what one likes, but of righteousness, peace and joy in the Holy Spirit. Righteousness, joy and peace in the Holy Spirit. Do you know two of those are felt realities? Joy and peace. We feel joy. We can worship Joyfully, because we feel joy, we feel peace. Two of them are felt realities. You know, for years I, I was at a place and people say, oh, you know, it's, you've just got to get the word in. Don't worry about that Holy Spirit stuff. Don't worry about your feelings. But you know, God cares about our emotions. We are to be spirit-led. Seek first the kingdom. The, the kingdom is spirit. We need to seek after the spirit. But God actually cares about healing our emotions. We sang some songs about that. He's a way maker, a miracle worker. You know, he wants to heal what's inside. So two of them are felt realities. So if people tell you, don't worry about your emotional experience, your encounter with God, I just don't listen anymore. Because emotional health is something. It's a choice to rejoice. It's a choice. Do you know it's a choice to rejoice? That's a poem choice to rejoice. You know, when Jesus said, seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, he wasn't adding on. It wasn't like the kingdom of God is righteousness, peace and joy in the Holy Spirit. So when he said, seek first the kingdom and his righteousness, he hadn't forgot that the kingdom was righteousness because, you know, Jesus doesn't forget things. God, God knows what he's saying. God was placing an emphasis on righteousness. It's a bit like when Peter, he said, go tell my disciples and Peter. It wasn't like there was these disciples and Peter. They, Peter was a disciple. But the emphasis was, Peter needs to get this. Go tell my disciples and Peter. So when God says, seek first the kingdom of God and my righteousness, 
You know, he wants us to get this righteousness thing. We can often say, I'm covered by his righteousness. You know, his grace is sufficient. But if his righteousness doesn't bring change in Keith, then it's a bit of greasy grace and not real righteousness. Righteousness is to repentance. Repentance is to change the way we think and change the way we act. Turn 100% around from what we were doing. For 36 years, I was running after things. I was running after promotion. I was a hero in the police. I was. I was a chief inspector. I was a very important man. I was a zero at home, but I was a hero in work. I was running after that. I was running after the finances. I was running after all these things. But when Jesus got a grip of me and said, come to Australia, I gave up my job. I'm not telling you to give up your jobs today, but God, you have to do what God has to tell you to do. You know, the thing is that his grace and his righteousness does cover us, but we need to move from that covering into a conduct in our life that actually matches up our covering. God wants to change our conduct. That took a long time in Keith. He was like a block of concrete. You know, I got saved when I was 36. I came here when I was 39. And God was chipping away at the concrete block of those 36 years. Occasionally, you take sticks of dynamite and blow bits up. But it's been a constant chip, chip, chip. So, you know, any definition of grace that you're given that doesn't cover change is a greasy grace. And when, when I was in the Philippines, sorry, when I was in Singapore, I was in Singapore with my spiritual dad and we met a guy called David Pawson. He's a great Baptist pastor. I don't know if any of you have ever heard of him. There you go. Bless you, brother. In, yeah, incredibly gifted teacher of the word. Way better than me. But I'm not comparing myself because I don't have to. But I met this guy and here we are sitting, having dinner with David Pawson. The first time I met David Pawson was about a month after I got saved in the UK because he pastored a church up the road from us. And I sat there and he talked about revelation like I've never heard it preached. Anyway, there he is, 85 years of age. He actually shaking with Parkinson's, but clear and authoritative. And I said, what are you doing here, David? He said, well, I heard this message of greasy grace. I was in South Africa and they were telling you, you know, grace covers you and it's okay. Don't worry, live your life. He said, and I said, where'd you get that from? He said, Singapore. So he gathered 200 pastors in Singapore and talked to them about greasy grace. We need to have transformational grace. Now, real grace that actually, it's not about judging people, but real grace transforms people from the inside out. The kingdom of God transforms people from the inside out. Yesterday, as I say, we, we were at this church and we're sharing, the, sharing around mental health and, and God's word. And the pastors there, they went through a, a season. They went through a really rough season last year. And they, they prayed and God gave them our names and we hung out with them. We just literally sat with them. And we talked through some of the issues of life and their marriage, and they've been married for 30 odd years. And he stood up and he actually said yesterday, in front of everybody, what God had done. It was transformational. I saw a man transformed by real grace, the kingdom coming. You see, people say, when, you know, we pray that prayer, Lord, your kingdom come, your will be done. And we go, when is the kingdom coming? Jesus told us the kingdom is here. So when we sit with somebody and we have a coffee at Traders or we, we sit with someone, you know, with a, with a glass of water, or we go and spend some time with a lonely person, guess what? The kingdom of heaven has come. The kingdom has come. We don't have to run around doing big stuff. We just need to do the stuff God places in front of us. 
So grace isn't a permission to be stupid. When we're asking, you know, the kingdom is righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Spirit. Right, grace is not about doing dumb stuff. Pam tells me I've done some dumb stuff over the years. I have the spirit of stupid sometimes. So Romans 14, 17 says, Kingdom is righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Spirit. The kingdom realm is in the spirit. That's why we, you know, we need to be saying to Papa, we need to be saying exactly what Papa is saying to us. Jesus only said what the Father told him to say. And he only did what God told him his dad told him to do. I think that's good enough for him. It's good enough for us. We don't have to run around doing a bunch of stuff. That's why we need to say, God, what are you doing? Now, Jesus was a man on earth. He walked this earth and he got filled with the Spirit. Jesus, that's why Jesus says, repent for the kingdom of God is at hand. I am releasing my kingdom, my spirit on my people. The spirit makes everything available to us. But this thing about understanding, you know, it says about understanding. Sometimes I don't understand stuff. And do you know what? That's okay. Sometimes I don't understand why God heals one person that we pray for and doesn't heal the next but God just said, sometimes you just got to adore me and know that I am good and I am doing what is right. Seek first my kingdom, my righteousness. And as we adore, it brings a, a renewed mind. You know, the awe of God. This Bible, when I say, for 36 years, this was a dead book. When I was a kid, I got forced to read bits of this. It was boring. And I tell you, on the 2nd of April, 1996, at 8.35 in the evening, that book came alive. Why? Because I was spirit-filled, born again. And then when we get spirit-filled and born again, God's word becomes, fills us. And our spirit gets filled, it's just the rest of us that's got to catch up. So righteousness, you know, my nature becoming like Jesus' nature. That's what righteousness is about. My life shifting because God doesn't change. Jesus said that, you know, it, God doesn't change. He changes not. The word tells us, I change not. So it's not God that's got to change to match our righteousness. It's our righteousness that's got to line up with God's. Righteousness, our nature, it's peace. You know, if we want peace that passes all understanding, Philippians 4 talks about the peace that passes all understanding. Guess what? We've got to give up the right to understand sometimes. You know, Pam loves to ask questions and that's okay. But sometimes she doesn't get it. I don't get it. We just have to go, God, you're good. And that, wow, you just did that thing. Understanding, we have to give up the rights to it. You know, it's better to obey what God has spoken to you than understand what God's spoken to you. I'll, I'll repeat that. It's better to obey what God says to you rather than try and understand what God said to you. And I'll tell you that with a family, with a youngest child of 18 months old, and we're sitting in a place, we have three kids, our youngest is 18 months old. We're sitting at a thing called Spring Harvest in the UK, which is a gathering of Christians at Easter. We're in two separate places, and Pam's with, with our, our kids, or the kids are off doing stuff. She's with the baby. I'm, I'm somewhere else, and God speaks to both of us and says, go to Australia. Now, we could have questioned that and worked on that and said, why is God asking us to go to Australia? Let's work that out. Let's do a journal on it. Let's, and, you know, I did a bit of that. Until the pastor that we were under at the time said, are you going to do this thing or are you just going to try and work it out? It's better to do what God says. Just go. You know, Some people are really on about salvation and some about forgiveness. 
But that's not the full gospel. The full gospel is this, you know, God didn't say get saved then do a bunch of stuff and then maybe you're ready to go. God just said to us, go, get out there, go. Romans 14, 17 brings three solutions. Three solutions when we're seeking first the kingdom of God. Righteousness. Righteousness is an answer to sin. That's God's solution to sin. Righteousness. Repent for the kingdom of God is at hand. Change your thinking, change your ways, turn to me and I'll deal with your sin. But he won't judge you for that. He deals with it on the journey. Peace is the answer to torment. So we were talking about mental health yesterday and mental torment and people struggling with real mental illnesses because Pam and I sit with people who struggle with things like schizophrenia, bipolar. And you know, that's God's answer. Peace. Peace for the torment. Peace for the torment. Sometimes we have to do some practical stuff. That's what we were talking about yesterday. But God's answer is peace and joy. Joy is an answer to sickness. You know, there's an old adage that says, laughter is a great medicine. Don't think that's a Bible, but laughter actually is really good. Scientifically, it has been proven that laughter actually is good for you. It's good. But the kingdom of God is the complete message. Matthew 12, 28 to 29 says this. But if it is by the Spirit of God that I cast out demons then the kingdom of God has come upon you before you expected it. Or how can anyone go into the strong man's house, steal his property, unless he first overpowers and ties up the strong man? Then he will ransack and rob his house. Jesus could do it because he was God. But he came as a man to demonstrate the power of the Holy Spirit. He went in and he, he said, I can do these things. People came to him and got set free. People actually turned from their sin. They got peace. They got joy. So we have the permission to do this thing, but our first job is to seek first the kingdom. Seeking the kingdom isn't about praying to get up there to heaven. I look forward to the day I meet and I get together with some of the people who've gone to the Lord before me. My spiritual dad who went to the Lord three years ago. Such an encouragement. But they'll be up there. They're celebrating now, but it's not just about that. It's about actually demonstrating here on earth the kingdom of God. Here on earth. That was what Jesus was doing in verse 28 there. You know, he was casting out through the Spirit of God, seeking first. When we, when we see people under the influence of darkness, we seek first the kingdom of God. Because if I pray for you with my power, forget it. Seek first. Seek first. Seeking must have practical outcomes, you know. If people are tormented, people, the answer is peace. Sickness, you know, sickness, joy. Joy isn't just about the healing. It's actually about rejoicing. People, we've seen people set free and they rejoice at the, heal, the healing that God has given them. Because they, we saw first the kingdom of God. We have outcomes. Jesus actually wants us to change, see people's nature changed. That guy, that pastor, his nature had changed because he saw God move in his life. And he gave glory to God and so did we. As we seek first the kingdom. So Jesus, you know, Jesus just is all about seeking first the kingdom. Matthew 16, 15 to 19 talks about this. Said, so what about you? Jesus had asked, what do the world say about me? Oh, they say you're this, they say you're that. And then Jesus got personal. And guess what? Jesus gets personal with us. He says, who do you say I am? And I believe that that's something, that when we're seeking first the kingdom of God, God gets right up by us and he goes, so who do you think I am? 
So that's what he did to me. He said, Keith, you're going to seek first me. Who do you think I am? And Peter replied, didn't he? He said, who do you think I am? And Peter goes, you're the Messiah, the son of the living God. Pete got it right for once in his life. Sometimes then Pete blows it a few chapters down the line or a few verses. But Jesus replied this, Blessed are you, Simon, for this was not revealed to you by flesh and blood, but by my Father in heaven. And I tell you that you are Peter, and on this rock I'll build my church, and the gates of hell will not overcome. Jesus is actually affirming the blessing that Peter had got from the Father. He's actually saying, Peter, you didn't get this by working it out. You got a revelation of who I am. You know, and the rock, I've shared about that before, I think, in this church. That rock, he wasn't building his church on Peter because a few verses down, Peter crumbled. The rock he was talking about was the father and son relationship. We need to understand who we are as sons and daughters of the king. We have a heavenly dad and he loves us so much. And he's saying, you know, if you get that revelation, I'll build my church on that. Because we can invite people to a building. We can invite people to a service. But Jesus spent three years of his life and said to 12 guys, let's go for a walk. He invited them into, the, into his life. And guess what? 11 of them denied him and one of them betrayed him. They all ran away. But he still loved them. So we need to invite people into our lives. Invite them to see the kingdom. And then he went on and he said, I will give you the keys of the kingdom that whatever you bind on earth will be bound in heaven and whatever you loose on earth will be loosed in heaven. This whole thing, what do we bind? Well, we know what's bad, don't we? We know all those things that are bad. Sin, you know, sickness, we can bind those things, but what do we loose? We need to get that revelation of the kingdom of righteousness, peace and joy to loose what is going on in heaven. You know, we can only know what's going on there. Heaven is the model. We can bind easily, but you know, what do we loose? So when a house gets swept clean, there was like that guy who got set free of the demons. And the house was swept clean. But unless we fill the house with something, guess what? He came back and brought seven of his friends. So when we set people free, what are we asking the Lord to fill people with? Righteousness, joy and peace and the Holy Spirit. Come on, let's fill people up so that they seal, that they get transformed and that they can move their lives on. We need to lose that stuff. The presence of God is a taste for eternity. You know, sometimes when we're praying for people, we've had some really difficult situations in our own family, which we've shared before, when we've had a son who's been in a psychiatric facility, and I'll be going, let's pray for this and let's pray for that. And one time he went missing, and I, I was about to preach. It was a Sunday morning at our old church a number of years ago, and I get this phone call. And we get in the car with another guy, and he drives me to Goulburn, because that's where Dan was. And we look for him for three hours. And for three hours, it was like we couldn't find him. And this guy said, let's keep looking. And it was like God said to me, who are you seeking here? What are you looking for? And we sat down on a bench and I said, okay, Lord, what are you doing here? What's going on? I'm seeking you. I don't know whether, where he is. I can't find him. What are you doing here? Because you are good. And he said three words that transformed my life, our lives and our ministry. He said, he is safe. I didn't know whether he's dead or alive, but I knew that... Seeking first the kingdom of God, I knew he was safe. He was safe in his papa's hands. He was found. And I'm, I'm grateful for that. But you know, sometimes I miss that, but Pam's really good at that. When we're in a situation, she takes a step back. And, and we can be praying over here and she'll be over there and you're going, 
Why are you over there by yourself? Are you not joining in this holy prayer? And then she's just saying, God, what's going on here? What's going on here? I love that. And then she just steps forward and boom, and it's gold because she's taking time to seek first. We need to take time to seek first the kingdom. What are you doing here, Papa? You know, what are you doing? What are you doing in this, in this situation? What are you doing? Now, Jesus was in the, bo- the boat, wasn't he? And the storm came up. And he was resting there, having a snooze on the cushion. And the disciples are freaking out. And Jesus got up after seeking his dad. And he calmed the storm like that. And then he turned to him and says, where's your faith? See, this faith I mentioned before, faith renews this stuff when we seek the kingdom of God. When we seek the kingdom of God, his righteousness, peace and joy in the Holy Spirit, then we can live in this presence. We can actually move in this presence. God sometimes wants to do something in you rather than through you. And sometimes he wants to actually do stuff through you rather than in you. We have to ask God, which is it? So we've had things like we've gone to psychic fairs, not because we want to seek you know, weird stuff, but God has told us to go with the team to a psychic fair. And we were there, stood, stood at these booths, saying nothing. God, you know, we were going, that's, we're not saying, that's evil, stop it, stop it, stop it, that's evil. God just said, just go, stand, seek my kingdom. So we're there, seeking his kingdom, talking to him. And then these people have come over and go, excuse me, yeah, can, can you move away please? Why? Because I can't channel while you're standing there. You're interfering with my spirits. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. But we're not doing anything. We're just... No, I wasn't sorry. (laughs) But we just seek first the kingdom of God. God could have told us to go stand there with a placard going, this is evil, stop this. But he didn't. He just said, just go hang out. Because they're not the enemy. These people are seeking something. They're just not seeking the right thing. Same as those guys in their stall in Gungalan. Seeking something. Seek first the kingdom of God. I want to introduce people to that kingdom. Not my kingdom, that kingdom. Where Jesus rules over my life. So, you know, Acts 1. Jesus came back and he told them, The kingdom of God and the demonstrating of signs and wonders. Teaching with demonstration. You know, Jesus always taught and demonstrated or demonstrated and taught. He never left you hanging. He never left you thinking, does that work? And guess what? After 23 years of living the life that we live, I know it works. Demonstrating. We've just, you know, we just had Easter. Pentecost is, is ahead. Easter to Pentecost. How many days? Here's a test. 50. Jesus revealed himself for 40 of those days. 40 of those days he turned up doing miracles, signs and wonders with these guys. And, you know, it's like he was just showing them what was important. And on those times he said, the kingdom of heaven is coming. The kingdom of God has arrived. You know, I don't know when our kids got to an age where we could leave them alone. It's a scary time. Hey, anyone have to go to that place where you can leave your kids by themselves? And you go out and you go, don't burn this. What's the things you tell your kids before you, you go out? Don't put your hand on the stove. Don't turn the, you know, when you get gas. Don't do these things. You tell them the most important thing you want them to remember. And for those 40 days, he told them about and taught them about and demonstrated that the kingdom of heaven was at hand. He did that. He talked about the kingdom of God. 
Jesus came, you know, and he, he left them 10 days to kind of pray and work it out. But for, you know, 80% of that time between his resurrection and Pentecost, he taught them on the most important thing, the kingdom of heaven, the kingdom of God. I think there's something in this, you know. So I just want to read this last verse, and let's just, let's just bring this to a, a prayer, and I'd like to pray if that's okay. One last verse, Acts 28. It's two verses, actually. Acts 28, verse, uh, chapter 28, verses 29 to 31. So we're right at the end, you know. Paul's heading to, to Caesar. You know, Paul, Paul's actually heading to, to be dealt with. And Paul died, you know, a gruesome death. But here he is, and in, in verse 29 it says this. This is what Paul's saying. So I want you to realise that this salvation from God is available to the Gentiles too. And they will accept it. Paul lived for the next two years in a rented house and welcomed all who visited him, telling them with all boldness about the kingdom of God and the Lord Jesus Christ. And guess what? Nobody tried to stop him. Nobody tried to stop him. With all boldness, he talked about the kingdom of God and the Lord Jesus Christ. We, we were in a, out, out in town. Um, actually, it wasn't with Pam. I mean, in a restaurant and talking about the things of God. And people got offended because we were talking about Jesus. But guess what? We just kept talking. So when people tell you to stop talking, get all boldness like Paul. Talk about the kingdom of God. Yeah, it's the kingdom. This kingdom issue is not peripheral. I really believe that the kingdom of God, seek first the kingdom of God, his righteousness, peace and joy in the Holy Spirit. This is what God wants us after. The church, the royal church, his kids. You know, yes, Baptists, the church down the road, the, you know, the Catholic guys, the, the Pentecostal guys. He wants us all together to seek first the kingdom of God. Blow me my, what he might tell us to do. Eight years ago, when we started seeking now this thing and God saying seek first the kingdom of God and, and we, were, we were associate pastors of a church and Debbie had actually been part of that church and you know we were, we were part of that church and we could have hey you know we were told you could be pastors like you know have a full time job I was working one day a week there well that's not true I was getting paid for one day a week they got two for the price of one but it was like God said I want you to go and do this thing to leave that behind and to come and seek me in the village of Murren Bateman, to actually come and seek first the kingdom of God and my righteousness and my peace and joy in the Holy Spirit and just share that. And you know, that's our groove. That's where we are. Healing and restoration, Isaiah 61, Luke 4, 18. When we seek first the kingdom of God, God will give you your groove. Because once he's taught us about our identity, he gives us the message to the broken world. And that might be, you know, we might get up to heaven and say, hey, look that lady, she only sat in the coffee shop with people every day of the week. I thought she was slacking off. She didn't have a proper job. She may have been sharing the kingdom. Sharing the kingdom, the righteousness, the peace, the joy. Now, they're infectious things. They're infectious things. So God wants us to walk out this kingdom, to bring this situation. When we get the kingdom in us, we take the kingdom. When we leave here today... Guess what? The kingdom of God doesn't get contained in these four walls. We are the kingdom. We are the kingdom. We take that kingdom wherever we go. The presence of Jesus. Remember someone praying for us when we were in the UK and they just saw this fragrance of Jesus. Wherever you go, you'll take the fragrance of Jesus. 
I kind of thought she was a bit wacky because I'd only been saved a couple of years. You've got to forgive me. But you know, over these last 20 odd years as we've walked the journey, it's just give me love for people. Give me love for people. That's the greatest commandment. And I want to end with that. You know, Jesus gave us, he said, the greatest commandment I give you, love. Love. Love brings righteousness. Now, that doesn't condemn. Love doesn't condemn. Love brings, you know, that there's no judgment in love. I've had people saying, you're judging me. saying, do I love you? And they go, yes. How can love and judgment exist in the same bucket? But love brings righteousness. It transforms people. You don't have to tell them what's wrong. I don't have to tell any one of you what's wrong in your life. Because guess what? I'm sure you know it. I do. Righteousness is brought about by love. Peace to deal with the torment. Joy to deal with the sickness, to rejoice in joyful kingdom stuff. Can I pray? It's all right. Yeah, Papa, I, I just thank you that uh, as we seek your kingdom, and, and Lord, I want to pray particularly for this coming season, Lord, this, this transformational season that, that these folk find themselves in, Lord, as they seek you. Lord, they don't even have to seek for a new pastor, but as they seek your kingdom, your kingdom, God, and your kingdom is not about what we eat or drink, but it's about righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Spirit, that you have a good plan for them, Lord. Well, let's pray today as well that uh, those, those who, Lord, they're battling. They're battling with stuff, the stuff of life. The Lord, your righteousness is there to place that. They can just turn. God, I, I ran for many years and I ran so far away. And when I turned around with everything broken in my hands, there you were right in front of me. Because God, you'd always been with me. So Lord, I pray that that's, that's the truth for each one here, where they think they're so far away. You think you're so far away this morning, the Lord says, I'm right behind you, just turn around and see me. But to turn around, that's, that's righteousness. That's His righteousness. That's repentance. 180 degrees to see Jesus. Lord, I pray for those, those tormented, those tormented in the mind, Lord, in the soul, the emotions. God, that you would just come and bring your peace, your peace that passes all understanding. Lord, we give up rights to understanding today, Jesus that you would come. And Lord, for those who are sick in their bodies, they would just minister your joy, your joy that brings healing. Lord, that they could rejoice, rejoice in all situations, but Lord, they can rejoice because you're going to bring healing to their bones, or life to their body. Holy Spirit, I just thank you. Papa, I thank you that we can hang out as a family, Lord, and uh, I thank you for the, the precious time that you give us, Lord, to, to spend in your presence. But Lord, as we go, as we go, Lord, that we would carry your presence into our workspaces, Lord, into our homes, to our neighbours. Lord, and we would, we would take that commandment to love because love would bring your righteousness. Lord, when we sit with someone, that your righteousness would descend upon them. Lord, that they wouldn't feel judged. But Lord, we'd invite people to our tables, invite them into our lives, that we'd that your kingdom would come and transform from the inside out. I praise your name to Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Worship you this morning, Jesus, and give you glory, honour and praise. In Jesus' name, amen.
Thanks for joining us today. As you head back into your week, we want to encourage you to stay in His Word, stay in His love, and stay strong in your faith. Don't forget to keep up to date with what's happening via Facebook, Instagram, or via our website at ycbc.church. See you soon.